How'd y'all get here? Well, welcome to my house this morning. I go around greeting everybody like I belong here because I do. If we're brothers and sisters in the Lord and we forgive one another, then my house is your house, right? Or your house is my house, so welcome home. I was connected with my tribe about 20 years ago at a family reunion in Louisiana. I'm Choctaw from my mother's side and Aztec from my father's side. And I'm married to an Irish woman. I am all things to all men that I may win a few. <laughs> so I have a good time in the Lord. I asked God at one time why he had reconnected me with my tribe and my heritage. And I started studying, built my own regalia, started dancing powwows. And I was a born-again believer, radically changed professional musician for 40, for, I mean, I've been playing drums percussion for 46 years, professional musician for maybe 20 years, came to know the Lord in 1985, and I told these guys from Nashville and from California, they wanted me to be the drummer on five different gigs, and I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I will play these five different gigs, big time things, for like professional football team people, professional football players, and organizations like that. And I said, after that, I, I'm, that's it. I already made the promise. God had stirred in my heart so great that all I was committed to was him. And so then, as I was born again, believer, fired up, radical, the Lord reunites me with my tribe. I never understood, but God always knew where I was going to be because God knows the end from the beginning. So the minute he introduced me to my tribe, he knew the end result would be I would be connected back with my people in America to help our people come into the fullness of Christ. Amen. I've been invited through connections to go to Canada now. I was with the Navajo and the Hopi Nation before I came to the Hamas last night, and now I'm here with the Wanabe, with the Wanabis today. That's the Wanabis. <laughs> so, well, you'll get it on the way home, all right? <laughs> So I like to have humor when I preach also. But I found out that the Lord reconnected me back with my people because I needed to learn about my people in order to be in, to be in there with the people. God brings us to a place where we connect with people in order so we can minister to people. We have a difficulty in the nations of the traditional and non-traditional it's, it's easy for me to dance, but without my regalia on, it's kind of awkward the way I was dancing because when you have your regalia and you can really go down and you have your bells going and things and different. But we have a difference of opinion between traditional and non-traditional, and we can't cross those lines. I was asked one time to be an elder of an organization for Native America, but because we use a drum and because I dance, I couldn't be. But I've showed them that when my, in my power, my tribe, my chief has already held a special meeting with me and asked me to open up the powwow in prayer and to hold a church service during our powwow time. Do you know the possibilities of that? To go in? And I told them Jesus should have never went to Samaria. But he had to go to redeem the Samarian people, Samaritan people before he would go to the cross. They had to know who he was. And he used one woman by herself and told, you don't need another man, you need Jesus. And he came into her life. 
And they said, what are you doing going to these kind of people? Their culture was changing. You don't go there, Jesus. They're Samaritans. They're Indians. But Jesus said, I must need go because everyone is important to Christ. Every one of you here has a journey for the Lord and you're so important to God. So he called me back my tribe and I had no clue. Now I know fully why he connected me back, why I built my own regalia, why I learned our dance. It's not for me to enjoy it, although I love it. There's nothing like going and power and being with your own people. It's a fellowship time. But it's ministry time. And God wants us to be ministers everywhere we go. You don't have to be in a position as a pastor as I am. As a matter of fact, I come from Crosby, Texas, a little northeast of Houston, and I mailed myself all the way up here. <laughs> well, let me tell you, atmosphere is created by spiritual influence. Some of them are double-dipping. They were there last night, but not you, most of you weren't, so I'm going to share some of you. I want to take you on a journey for your identity, and, and uh, they usually call me uh, Pastor Longwind, but today I'm going to do short wind. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Atmosphere is caused by spiritual influence, which creates a culture. A, a culture creates a mindset, and a mindset establishes rules and regulations and laws and the way things need to be. Church, we have created a church culture, an atmosphere of spiritual influence. We've created a gathering of people together who don't expect God to even reveal himself when we come together in a lot of times. We come together to church sometimes to do our part, but did you come expecting the influence of God to influence and impact your life through the Holy Spirit? Did you expect when your pastor preaches, Pastor Ron, that the word of God would penetrate into the depths of your spirit that you would change and not expect someone else to change, but you exchange, you would change. Did you expect God to come in here and perform a miracle for you that you were crippled, that you're lame, that you're hurting, that you're bruised, that you need deliverance? Did you come today expecting God in the atmosphere that's created by the presence of the Holy Ghost that you would be affected so greatly by the impact of the Lord himself that you would leave here changed? Amen. Did you come with that expectancy today or did you just arrive at another gathering? Atmosphere is created by spiritual influence and our behavior dictates who we are. Our prayer has been, and as a pastor, our prayer is always that you never come into a gathering where the Lord is present and leave the same way. Don't, you couldn't come here today with problems on your mind and walk out and take them back. Moses led them to the Jordan. Yeshua took them across. Joshua. Because Yeshua means one who saves. Salvation means to be made whole in every aspect of your life. So when you come to get born again, the Lord saves. What did he do? He delivers you from the troubled parts of your life so that you can receive all the glory and the blessings that heaven has stored up just for you. That's how much he loves you. He wants to pour himself out into you. He wants to give himself totally unto you. But in our culture, in the way we think, sometimes we say, uh-uh, uh-uh, I got this. Talk to the hand. In the book of Genesis, hey, Brother Kevin, my Bible down in there, it's in the middle part there. Man, it'd be good to have a Bible up here, wouldn't it? I mean, I have all this right here, but because God just showed me something, just the, the, 
this one right here, brother. Thank you. I'm just going to read something in Genesis and go, short wind, go. Because <laughs> I want to give you an identity. I don't want you to have an identity crisis, so I want to show you about your identity today. I'm going to teach you some Hebrew today. Is that okay? It's going to be simple. I'm going to demonstrate some Hebrew today to tell you what you need to expect from God, why God wants to love you, why God wants to deliver you. In other words, it's like you don't need me to pray for you. If you've been delivered from tobacco, yay! And if somebody else wants to be delivered from tobacco, you don't need me to pray for you. You need to be the one who is already delivered from tobacco to pray for you. That's what we're supposed to do, minister one to another. Not for me to do it, for you to do it. But in order for you to understand, that I got to show you who your identity is. Go short wind, go. All right. Let me take my watch off. It means nothing to you. It means I mean, it means nothing to me. It might mean everything to you. When Jesus created man, I'm going to be in Genesis two, and I'm going to be in verse seven. You got one of them pop up things up there back there, brother. Man, you right on, ain't you? Not our left. No, don't put our left up there. Come on, man. We got to talk, bro. We need a relationship. Genesis 2, verse 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into the nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. When you take breath, breath, the letter, hey, it's the fifth letter, grace, hey, it, it comes out, it means breath. But it has a meaning to reveal, to, to behold. That's what the letter means, to, be, to behold, to reveal, to behold. The letter life is high. C-H-A-I, chai. And that letter there means to have life, abundant, a powerful life, a force to be dealt with. So when God created man, he breathed, he said, behold this creation that will be a force to be dealt with, that will have life, that will have a powerful life, that would have abundant life, that would have dominion, that would have authority. Behold, and this creation existed on the earth. Y'all thought I was going to fall, didn't you? And God created that, and he said, behold, I'm going to breathe into the nostril the revelation of who I really am. And this man is going to be a living being on the earth. So when God created man, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the Hebrew there, it says, Aleph Tav, the word and has Aleph Tav, first and the last, beginning at the, first and the last, beginning in the end. It has that which means Christ. Because Christ is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Connected to man with a letter Vav, which means connected to man. In the beginning, God created the heavens with man and his son and the earth. God truly intended for us to be his vessel on this earth. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Who's going to do the will of God on earth? We are. How do we do it? Through the breath. Why did God breathe on the disciples before they were supposed to receive the Holy Spirit? He wanted them to be all that he, to restore them back to their original intent. And then the presence of God would lower the boom on them and they would go out and just unleash God everywhere they went. That's what, that's what it, that's what it, he breathed back in them. Let me restore into you, into your rightful place, disciples. Now go wait for my spirit to pour upon you. And then go for it. When Jesus went around and he left the crowds and he prayed. Do you realize, Pastor Ron, would you do me a favor and come up here, brother? Pastor, brother, pastor. 
That's daddy. That's the father, okay? Jesus is going around. He's going, man, I done fed all you people. And man, y'all, y'all still looking for some, y'all still looking for some fry bread and some kneel down bread, and y'all still looking, and some of you have looking for tortillas. I understand. But Jesus says, I gotta get alone with my father. And he would open your arms up, brother. He would get alone. Open your arms up, brother. I'm my teacher to be obedient right here as a pastor. And he would, sorry, bro, don't choke me, bro. I didn't mean it. And he would go and he would wrap himself up in his father's arms as he got intimate with his father. And he would have a relationship. And then you know what he would do? After he left his father's presence, he filled himself up. That's why he could do nothing except what his father told him to do, and he would say nothing except what his father told him to say because he loaded himself up with the presence of the Almighty Father. And then when he would walk around, he would walk around saying, who will pull from me today? Because all of you are my people. Who will pull from me today? Is it any wonder when you read about the, the woman with the issue that she pressed through the crowd? Excuse me, excuse me. Oh, man, there's obstacles there, but I'm, I'm going to get past them. I'm not going to worry about this. I'm not going to worry about that. Come on, oh, sorry. Sorry, excuse, excuse, pardon. Man, I got I to gotta get past all these obstacles. I got to get past everything I used to think. I got to get past the way my flesh thinks. I got to get past. And what did she do? She ran up, and she touched the hem of his garment. And Jesus said, somebody pulled from me. Why? Because God, the Lord himself, went around hoping as many as came to him would be delivered, would be saved, would be set free, would be made whole because he was wholeness all in himself. He was heaven coming down to put blessings, to restore his people back to their original intent. And he went around saying, who will pull from me? Who will pull from me? Somebody touch me. Somebody touch me. Somebody please touch me. You over here, somebody reach for me. That's what he did. That's what he wants from us. So I don't need to pray for you. You pray for each other. You have the same identity if you receive the Holy Spirit. And if you haven't been born again, what a day. This is the day of your salvation to come and pull from God. And I want to show you, you've all studied the first fruits. It's one of the feasts. First fruits was this. In order for the harvest to be made pure and edible for the rest of the tribe, the high priest, it was unleavened bread, there was Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, Pentecost. The high priest had to shelter himself and purify himself and keep himself only unto God. And they would mark a chief, a chief. They would mark a sheath of wheat. See, y'all get it on the way home. And they would mark a piece of the wheat, of the grain, and they would mark it as first fruits. And the high priest would leave on the day of first fruits and he would go out and he would grab it and he would come back and come into the temple and he would wave it before the Lord 
He would wave it before the Lord saying, it's blessed, it's blessed. Why? Because he was pure, he was holy, and he would wave it before the Lord. He would wave it before the Lord. And then after he did that, no one could touch him because they would, might make him impure. So after he did that, then he would go and he'd say, he would come back out and he said, it's, it's blessed, it's blessed. Now the rest of the harvest is blessed. Go and get your grain and make your bread and party and have a feast. Then they could touch the priest. Remember when Jesus came back when he resurrected and Mary then wanted to touch him? And he says, no, you can't touch me. I have yet to go before the Father. He had to present himself as the first fruit and the blessing. And when he came back down, he said, now you can touch me. I have been honored and pure and accepted for God. And because I represent all mankind, now the rest of people are blessed and they're ready for the harvest. So now everyone is accepted by God because of the first fruit, our Lord Jesus Christ. All you have to do is enter in and say, I want to be accepted. I want to be accepted because of what the Father did for me. I want to enter into the kingdom because of what I mean to the Lord. I want to be the one who's going to rise up again. Look what Jesus did for us. He fulfilled everything. What I want to demonstrate now, go short, win, go. <laughs> In other words, what I'm saying today is because church has become a certain way, but let's skip church. My parents raised me up according to what they expected me to be. Ta-da! They had no doubt. I mean, I mean, they didn't know about this part. I grew up expecting what I wanted to accomplish. I was going to get an education. I know I was going to get a job because I wanted that ride. That's a car to some of y'all. Vehicle. I wanted a vehicle. I wanted to experience love. I wanted to get married. I wanted to have a house. I wanted to have family. I wanted all that. And I do. So my natural mind has grown up with natural expectations. What I'm telling you, guys, is that when God wants to move, you're trying to fight through all these natural ways of thinking that you grew up in. That it's hard for you to think that God can hear you. It's hard for you to think that God can deliver you. It's hard to accept that God can love you beyond what you've ever known or imagined. It's hard for you to accept things of God because your flesh jumps in the way. So when the word of God is trying to minister to you, your flesh will cancel a lot of it because you put limitations on what God can really do because you don't know any better. We grew up in a natural mindset. That's why the Bible says we need to renew our mind. You read it. The spirit of our mind. He says, present yourself a holy living sacrifice which is acceptable unto the Lord. How? By renewing your mind. What did he say before that? Be no longer connected to this world system Get involved in the kingdom culture. And you have to get into the word. Therefore, if God, you know that somebody needs healing, what happens to you? You reach down and you touch them and you heal them. You don't doubt your healing power. It's not you anyway. You're just a vessel. So you don't doubt it. You just move in it. All right, I'm going to have to demonstrate it. Y'all a hard group today. And I'm going to need... I'm going to need some guys. I'm going to put it this way. Now you can put the letter I left. 
Now you don't want to do it, bro. Oh, there you go. Aleph is made up of three Hebrew letters. That's one letter, but it's made up of a, a, a yod, a yod on the bottom, and a vav. A yod means hand. God's name is yod He vav When you break it down, it means hand revealed, nail revealed. That's what God's name means. Yod is a hand. He means reveal. Vav means connection point, where they will hold the tent pegs up. Connection point. It also means a number of man. It means connection point. And then hand. Hand, hey, revealed. Connecting, nail, revealed. God's name means redemption. The, the number equivalent is 26. And the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which pertains to the father, the yod is a 10. The yod on the bottom is a 10, and the vav is a 6. It equals 26. God knows exactly what he's doing. But it means there was a connection point between a hand from heaven and a hand from earth. When we read in Acts 3, when Peter was going, Peter and John were going to the gate beautiful, they would lay lame people by the gate beautiful. Why? Because they were expecting the church to support them. They weren't expecting the guy to get up on his own and do anything for the family. They were just laying him out there saying, well, the church will take care of us. The church will buy groceries. Put the lame guy out there in front of uh, light. What, what, uh, light of mission viejo. That's an old mission. Put him in front of the light of mission viejo. They'll give us groceries for the day. They'll just sustain us for a week or so. Uh uh, not the Holy Ghost. They were going by there and see, and a lot of times, church, as our identity, we walk by and just give mere handouts because our natural mind says that's going to satisfy them and make us feel good. But the spiritual mind says, what are you going to do different that will change their life forever? And so he stood at the gate, and the Bible says he was expecting them to give him something. Lay some money on me. Give me some kneel down bread. Give me some blue corn pancakes. Give me some mutton. In the Sioux Nation, my name is Y.L. Scott Tay. Give me some buffalo. Southern Indians, give me some barbecue. <laughs> but anyway, mm, I like Southern Indians. <laughs> and in my tribe in Louisiana, a lot of gumbo, man. One thing about Louisiana people, if you go to the zoo, every animal has a recipe below it. Okay, okay. Back to back to the real deal. Some of y'all get it on the way home. Back to, he expected him, the church, to do something for him temporarily. This guy was laying lame. Peter and John were on the way to church to pray, and Peter looked down and says, "Silver and gold I have none, but what I do have, because see, I used to think naturally." And I used to walk in a natural mindset. But after my Lord touched me and changed my life forever, now I'm walking in a supernatural mindset and I can't think naturally no more because natural thinking got me in trouble. But supernatural thinking has delivered me and has delivered everyone around me and has made the kingdom of God so real to me. I dare not betray my Lord again. So if any opportunity I can work in the supernatural, I'm just open to it. And he says, I'm not going to give you silver and gold. I'm not going to temporarily fix you. I'm going to make you whole. But it's not me. 
He says, so he reached down with his right hand, with his right hand, he said, silver and go have I none. He said, but what I have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he used his right hand and he reached down because in the right hand of God is power and authority and dominion and wholeness and anointing. The Bible says the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me. The spirit of the Lord is, is upon me. He has anointed me with Jesus lives in you, the word lives in you, and if the word lives in you, then you ought to say this, the spirit of the Lord is upon Richard, and he has anointed Richard. Because I can do all things, things through Jesus, through Christ. Christ means the anointed one. I can do all things through the anointing in me, not through my flesh, the anointing, the supernatural that dies within me. They said, where the Holy Ghost? said, don't you know that the Holy Ghost lives within so when he reached down, he was practicing the letter Aleph. Now, I need uh, one man to stand right here. Just like, do like the picture. Come on, brother, get on the step. Okay. Man, you look good. Okay, I need another brother. Come on, Kevin. And I need you to come up there and reach down with your right hand. From above. No, stand way up there and just act like you're reaching down with your right hand. And I'm the lame man. Now, when Peter and John were going to the gate beautiful, he says, silver and gold I don't have, but I have total father in me. So he reached down with his right hand through the connection point. No, you just stay still, brother. You're the vibe. You don't move. <laughs> and the vibe is Jesus because he connects heaven and earth, right? He's our, he's our intercessor. He's a mediator between heaven and earth. He's the one that bridges heaven and earth together by death on the cross. When he stretched out, he bridged heaven and earth together. So I'm the lame one. I'm the one that's in trouble. I'm the one that's crippled. I'm the one that needs deliverance. What does heaven do through Peter now that Peter is operating in the supernatural, that he's working in the anointing of God? Peter says, I don't have what you think you need in the flesh. I'm going to give you something of the supernatural abilities of heaven, and my Father's love is going to be demonstrated. I'm reaching down with the love and the power and compassion of my father to not cause you so that you will never be lame again but to make you whole and here I am the lame one right there and I'm reaching out and I'm saying I just need arms arms and then heaven reaches down through Peter now you don't move Bob and he grabs me by the right hand and he picks me up that's what the letter Aleph is okay you're good Bob you can move now It's because of the Father in you that you can do the supernatural things and have the abilities of heaven within you through passion and compassion to change people's lives forever. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. We are to go around and minister everywhere, not what the church culture has developed, but what the kingdom culture is developing in us. The church culture says go to, home, go to church and go home. Kingdom culture says wherever you go, be a blessing. Touch somebody with the love. The only Jesus they're going to see is you. I was, um, the other day I was with my uh, cousin. She has a hair parlor and that's how she keeps me young. And there was a guy there that builds million dollar homes and stuff. And he come out and he said, hey, preacher, you still saving souls? And I said, I sure am. Are you ready? 
You know what he said to me? Oh, I said that prayer a long time ago. And when you listen to him, there was no fruit of Christ. But to him, he's all Christian. There has to be a difference in these end times. There has to be something real about us because Jesus is real. People are looking for a real God in their real time of whatever they're going through. They need a real God for a real time. You were seeing a transformation of a pastor that God has, has is ministering to and the scripture, the, what I'm sharing with you is I am going through the transformation of changing our church to get out of Christianism and to be Christ-minded because every soul is important. Everyone is important. We are a product of our own faith. I said, I'm going to pastor for 10 years. My pastor said, said Richard, your churches are going to send you out to do what you need to do. But in the natural, I was going to pastor for 10 years and then do pastor's conferences and help pastors because, man, I've built two churches. I've been on the ground level of building two churches, know every aspect of building churches from the ground level up, and it's been great. And I said, I'm going to use all that. God didn't tell me that. My flesh, I spoke that into existence. When 10 years came up last year, I was struggling. It wasn't the church was struggling. I was struggling because my faith was believing for 10 years to pastor, and I was ready for the next thing. I was out of the will of God. So I went back and rebranded the whole church and changed everything. Got all my leaders together, got the core together, put a new focus on them all, and not limiting God in my life. God expects me to do other things than what I'm thinking I'm going to do. They've spoken to me, you're going, your churches are going to send you out and do what you got to do. God said, man, you're going to do this and you're going to do all that. See, when I got born again, God says, I wasn't born of the flesh or by blood, but I was born of God. So therefore, I have a new expectancy that I read. And now my new father, which art in heaven, has expectancies of me, which my flesh sometimes try to cancel out. But my father keeps reminding me that I'm his. And I need to live now under new rules of what my father expects out of me today. And so I'm before you in the midst of transforming my way of thinking. And now I no longer as a pastor put limitations on God because of what I see. But of what I'm hearing from the word of God. It's not by sight. It's by his spirit, says the Lord. So in other words, I'm here today. Because God assigned it a long time ago when he first introduced me to my tribe. Where are you going to be tomorrow if you listen to the word of God and allow him to affect your life forever? The native people or people, when I go to tribes to where they had boarding houses and the elders were beaten for speaking their own language, I find that there is unforgiveness all the way down to the great-grandchildren because they grew up in this atmosphere and what they were taught all the way up. It's something that has to be broken. It has to be broken. The mindset has to be broken, and God is going to use us to go in and do these kind of things. He's going to use us. He's going to use us. Do you realize we are all one? He's going to use us to change the face of America. To be America of one and not divided. Not to be in union, but to be in unity.
that we're all one. We're all in the image of God. We all have the blood of the Lord. I tell my son, I say, when my bloodline changed in Christ, so did yours. I tell my children. I tell my children, to be truthful, my son in downtown Houston across from the courthouse has a bar. He's got tats all over him and stuff like that, you know, and here I am, the pastor, and I said, son, isn't this great? You serve one kind of spirit and I serve another kind? The thing you serve, I'm dealing with the opposite end of it. And I said, but one day, he goes, I know, Dad. One day I'm going to be ministering with you. Amen. You know why? I don't force it on him, but I always let him know his bloodline has changed. Amen. And I hold on to the promises of God. I'm sticking to it. All my children. I'm right on time. I just wanted to get some of that out of the way, but here's the main thing. Pastor Ron asked me if there would be to pray for people. If you feel like you've left your ministry or you've lost your ministry or you've given up on your ministry, this is a great time to renew your dedication to the Lord. This is a great time to step out and say, God, I've been living in the flesh. God needs you. Ladies and gentlemen, God needs you. If ever he needed a people to stand for him to be in ministry and to step out in ministry, he needs you now. If you ever thought that you had a ministry and you just gave up on it because it looked impossible in the flesh, let God take over in the supernatural. Let his spirit take authority. If you need deliverance from anything, don't block it out because your flesh wants to block it out. Don't block it, but come and receive. Expect that God can do something. Don't block it out. Say, well, you don't understand. I got so many years in this. It's going to be hard for me. What you have done is canceled God out. Everyone who came to the Lord was set free. Those who came to him. So this is a great time. What is a gathering of believers supposed to be like? Where we're set free. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's what? There's freedom. Do you want freedom today in any area of your life? Today's a great time to do it. And we don't need to get quirky with some things. There was a prayer team on the east side of Houston, way out there. And and these ladies were in a prayer group, intercessory group. And they're always following these, you know, different things. And they go, oh, Pastor Richard, you're connected to the land. You're Native American. You need to pray for us so we can get some more. I'm thinking, that's crazy. All you need is the name of Jesus. So after church, I was walking out, and they grabbed me, got in a circle, and they, whoa, whoa. I said, oh, my God, let my hands go. <laughs> See, we get into some goofy stuff. Just because I'm Native American, I have no more authority than you. All you have is one. He says, anything you ask in my name and believe and use in my name, it shall be established. So what name did Peter use? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He was obedient to his father. Will you be obedient this morning? If you never received the Lord, see, I'm a guest. I don't know you guys. So I can ask this question. Do you want more of God than what you've had? This is the morning. Do you want God, you want heaven reaching down and restoring you back to wholeness? This is the morning. God knew we were coming. 
and God knew there would be an Indian uprising in this place today. But if you live in America, you also are a Native American. So we welcome you to my home. I like this place. I'm going to just, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, Pastor Ron, is it okay just to open the altars up? And I know you were going to make an announcement or something like that. Got it? All right. Let me, let me tell you how we're going to do this. Um, I want to go ahead and um, kind of like uh, if I could get our uh, young men and women to come up, we want to go ahead and take up our offering, and uh, we'll do that. And I'm going to ask um, Casey, could, could we get you guys to come back up for just a moment? And um, I'm going to have... Uh, Richard, and um, you have anybody else that ministers with you, Richard? Is Kevin ministry with you? And, okay. So why don't, why don't I get you guys to go against that wall over there, right against that wall over there. And if you need ministry, if you need ministry, uh, you, you know, if something that uh, Pastor Richard said, you want him to pray for you, you need a fresh anointing, you need deliverance, you need to find your place in the ministry. Uh, you feel like you've lost your way. I'm just going to encourage you to just go over there right now. You can just get up out of your chair right now and go and um, get prayed for. I want the rest of you. I, I'm going to pray. We're going we're, we're to take up our offering, and um, I want to pray over the offering. And then um, there will be plenty of opportunity. Nobody's going anywhere. They're not going to rush off. But uh, why don't you join with me for a second while we pray over the offering this morning. Father, we want to just thank you for just your faithfulness, your goodness, Lord. I thank you for bringing Casey and, and this uh, the drum team and all of the members of the team and for Mary and her ministry and for uh, Pastor Richard Amador, Lord. We pray your blessing on all of them. And Father, we do as we look back at the history of our nation um, I don't know if we've ever done that uh, or done this from the pulpit here, but there's been so many broken promises by our government and by people and uh, lies that have been told to. There's been so much hurt and pain that it's obvious, it should be obvious to us that why not many Native Americans have come to the Lord because they see us as a nation that does not keep our word. Um, does not keep our promises, does not keep our covenants, but we thank you, Lord God, that you do keep your promises. Your, your promises are yes and amen, your word says. And we thank you for that, Father. We thank you that your word is true. There's no broken promises in your words, that we can cling to you in your word this morning because you are faithful and true. And so, Lord, uh, we ask uh, that you would forgive us, that you'd forgive us, for, for, forgive our forefathers and Forgive our government, Lord God, for uh, lies and broken promises and covenants that they've made and for any part that we may have played in alienating Native Americans from coming to the cross. Lord, we ask that you would forgive us for that today. Lord, um, we pray your blessing on uh, each of these men and women as they go their different ways today. We thank you for the blessing that they've been in our life. And uh, we pray over our offering this morning, Lord God. Pray that you would bless it.
And we thank you, thank you, Father, for just um, letting us live in a place, God, where we have freedom to work and uh, we have freedom to to gather wealth and and to make money. Um, I pray that you give us a heart to give a portion of that back to you in Jesus' name. So let me go ahead and take that offering up, and then we'll uh, stand, and I'll pray a, a blessing over you, and I'll give you an opportunity to go and be prayed for if you feel a need for prayer this morning by uh, Pastor Richard and Kevin. Welcome to the light. Here's what's happening in the month of September and October. No announcements, guys. The young adults will be meeting today.
just give it up for the uh, drum team and all of the Native Americans that have been here this morning. Why don't you just go ahead and stand with me. I'll pray over you, and we'll be released with a blessing. I'm going to try to keep these guys here if I can. And, uh, again, if you need ministry at all, uh, you can go over, and Pastor Richard will pray for you. Um, it was good morning, wasn't it? A little bit different, but it's good morning. Good morning. Amen. Amen. Father, we bless you. We thank you for our time together. Thank you for your presence of your Holy Spirit here today. Lord, I pray your blessing upon your people as we go out, that we would go out different. We would not go out the same way that we came in, but we remember the words uh, that have been spoken here this morning. Lord, that your Holy Spirit would stir those words up in us as we go out, and that uh, it would not just be another Sunday of hearing another message, but God, that we could take something with us. We could, uh, we believe the impartation of your Holy Spirit of words or gifts or healing or just, um, just a message for someone else, Lord God, that uh, a word of hope, a word of encouragement for someone that we might meet as soon as we walk out these doors, Lord. And maybe throughout this next week, God, that your Holy Spirit would remind us that we don't just have to be receivers when we come in, that we don't have to sit on the sideline. The church is not like a football game where you have some players that stand up on a stage and you have a lot of spectators in the seats, Lord, that we're all players. God, remind us that we're all players and that we have something to contribute. And Lord, I pray that you would stir your people up. This Paul um, encourage Timothy. He says, fan the fire, fan the flame, that gift that is within you. And I, church, I just say to you, just fan the flame. Every one of you, fan the flame. Every one of you have a gift, and every one of you have something to contribute. So I, I speak God's blessing upon you in Jesus' name, and God's people said a healthy amen. 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 All right. All right. You're dismissed. If you need uh, ministry, hang back. These guys are going to continue to beat the drum.